You are listening to Open Stance Audio, presented by Cliff Drysdale Tennis. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Open Stance Audio, the daily tennis podcast. And first off, happy first day of Wimbledon um, to everyone. It's sort of an interesting day. You know, at this point, it sort of came up on me quick, you know, Wimbledon as a tournament um, has very special meaning and roots in the game, and for, I would say for most fans, is the biggest tournament of the year. You know, it attracts a much wider audience of casual fans. Um, it's in the summer. It's in a it's a time of year where a lot of people can watch it in different time zones. You know, the UK is pretty centrally located, so the US, Australia, and Europe can all watch, and yeah, it's obviously where you know tennis's roots um, kind of come from. Wimbledon, it's the most prestigious major um, still to this day, and uh, and today was the first day of play, um, and all these things kind of build into what I want to talk about today, which is um, you know the things that we notice in sport, which are like brand and and name and association. And Wimbledon obviously has that brand; it has that association of being the most prestigious you know, kind of tournament in the sport, and, you know, you, you, you hear Wimbledon, you, you think of certain things, you think of, you know, class, you think of, um, you know, smart tennis fans, or polite tennis fans, you think of strawberries and cream, you think of all these things, you know, PIMS, um, and that's kind of brand, right? And so today, Roger Federer, the greatest men's tennis player of all time, certainly the most um, certainly, you know, the most successful men's player of all time, uh, walked onto the center court as defending champion after 20 years of wearing, you know, over over 20 years of wearing Nike uh, apparel, and he's wearing Uniqlo. And I thought it was a really interesting um, kind of few hours to pay attention to just how the world reacted to such an abrupt change and how significant brand and brand value can be because the whole situation is such an interesting one you know it's been rumored for the last few weeks that Federer you know, that Uniqlo was interested that there was a contract on the line that um, you know his his contract with Nike hadn't been renewed since March 1st but he was still wearing um, Nike clothes and apparel for you know the grass court season um, until Today, you know, and people had asked him about it, and Roger said, "Look, we're we're working through it. We're not sure yet. I'll let you know when I can." And, and how does he let the world know? He walks onto center court at Wimbledon, doesn't put out a, a you know, doesn't put out a, a release or a tweet or a you know, a media note. Nope. He walks out into center court wearing Uniqlo, and that's how the world finds out. Um, and it's such an it was such a powerful kind of moment because you know players switch rackets and clothes and and shoes all the time. But when Roger Federer switches from Nike to Uniqlo, everyone pays attention, and it was such a big story. And you know, I would argue there were some big upsets today, but I would still argue the biggest story of the day is that Federer switched to Uniqlo, and you know that's that brand association is so strong um, that you, you just associated the RF, the RF logo, um, Nike, just just that's who Roger Federer was, and so for him to go out. Uh, where Uniqlo was such a kind of an abrupt and almost jarring 
um, experience and I it just further kind of you know I think built behind that idea that brand and legacy um, in tennis uh, is still so valuable and we need more um, of those things you know Wimbledon these great stars that we have that we associate with these you know with very particular set of skills or talents or attributes um, and it's it's, you know, all sports are like this, but I thought today was a day that um, really put it in perspective because, you know, Federer reportedly took a 10-year, um, plus million dollar contract. Um, it's guaranteed, so even if he's not playing in a few years, he's still going to be getting that money. Um, and so I think from a business perspective, you know, if you're Roger Federer and you have a foundation, you have a family, why would you not take it? Um, and then if you're Nike... You know, it, this feels like some. This feels like a hard thing to kind of accept, right? Like, what is Nike as as such a long time, t- you know, tennis brand and tennis? You know, they've outfitted some of the greatest players ever. Um, where do they go from here? You know, do they still have a big commitment to tennis? If you like, when you take your brand, when you're unwilling to pony up for what is probably the biggest figure in tennis history, I would say, probably the most beloved player most well most well liked player in in tennis history and you don't support that um you know i'm it's just hard for me to see them making a big push in tennis going forward and that and that was kind of my my first thought you know and i saw it was like well look if you're not going to go after federer if you're not going to keep him you know that shows a certain lack of commitment to the sport um and, uh, you know, I think some people, you know, get, you know, they like the way certain clothes look, whatever. Uniqlo is certainly much different on Federer, but um, the rumor is that he'll be able to get the RF logo back from Nike. Nike owns the copyright, owns the trademark to that logo. Um, but Federer did say he, he thinks he's going to be able to get it back. Um, and it's just so interesting, right? The, the business of sports. Um, sports is a business first and foremost, and for athletes and fans alike, that can be a hard thing to accept. For athletes, I think it's easier. You know, I, I think when they first get to the top level, it's really exciting. It's really like, okay, I'm gonna make a lot of money. Um, but it's harder to accept for the, for the fans who, you know, view this as entertainment um, and, and they have these relationships with players and, and what they associate them with, but, uh, you know, entertainment is a business, and so it's 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 very interesting for me to to watch how people react, to watch, you know, who um, you know who these businesses feel is going to create the most value for their brand, and you know, clearly, all of these things are long term strategies. They're long term plays, and you'll never really know in the short term how they're going to work out. But I felt like today, Roger Federer going to Uniqlo was such a such a unique way for it to happen in the modern era of, you know, if you paid attention to news, you, you know, there was like literally like 5,000 reporters in the U.S. ready to report on where LeBron James was going to go play basketball. Um, and, and at the same time, you know, Federer could have, could have announced some other way, but no, he just walked onto center court and shocked everyone when he did it and that was a way to sort of build press and media in its own way and I thought that was uh, pretty interesting 
uh, strategy. I, I think that was deliberate, um, and it's certainly an interesting uh, thing to follow going forward. Tomorrow we'll get more into the actual tennis being played at Wimbledon. And I, I do want to talk about some of the matches, some interesting conditions this year there with warmer weather and um, slightly different playing courts. But the business of tennis, Wimbledon, you know, it's it's all it all creates these certain images in our head of what tennis is and what that tournament is. And for a lot of people, when you thought when you think Roger Federer, you certainly thought Nike, and that's no longer. It's no longer the case. So, just a kind of a, a jarring day. Look, you know, look at what they did. You know, whatever they got, they got this podcast to talk about it. Think about every other news outlet that is covering this. Um, you know, this attention, this media is worth money. Um, it's hard to quantify, but you know, they quantified it at three hundred million over ten years. So, Roger Federer is not um, not short in his bank account. Let's just say that. I hope you enjoyed this episode, learned something new, and we'll be back tomorrow. See you again.